everyone. Welcome back or welcome to Multi-Housing News' Top Marketers Podcast. My name is Jordana Rothberg, and this month I'm so happy to be joined by the Vice President of Marketing and Brand for Draper & Kramer, James Love. James has been the VP of Marketing for the Chicago-based firm since 2016. On top of that, he brings more than 25 years of experience to brand building and go-to-market strategies. James, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to learn a bit about you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So let's jump in and just start off here with a little bit about you, how you got into real estate marketing. Um, I believe you actually started with movies, right? I did. It's a, it's a long story. We've got a few hours, right? <laughs> we can go nonstop. Great. No, I did. Well, going back, even before that, looking back as a kid, I was really into Star Trek, Star Wars, um, all the nerd stuff. I, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, I got into physics, and that led to looking to be an astronaut. The space program back then, back in the 80s with the space shuttle, it was really romantic and exciting for me. Uh, so I really, I was really bent on going in that direction. I did go through all of high school and got into college and studied aviation. So I did become a commercial pilot. In college, you can't get a, a bachelor's degree in aviation. So I also studied business as a as a side, or I guess it was the main. Um, so that worked really well as a plan. Um, in between there, I do love storytelling. I've always loved storytelling. I did a lot of filmmaking as a hobby all as a kid. Um, I was in plays. Any any type of story that I could get my hands onto, I really liked. So in between the aviation stuff, I was also working in business. And through all of that, I started my own production company. And so after school, I was kind of torn. I, aviation was a stable career. It was very exciting. I love airplanes. I love the technology. I love storytelling. I love the idea of being an entrepreneur and going my own route. 9-11 um, kind of decided that path for me. And so aviation was pretty much off the platter at that point. Um, and so I focused on that. I did do two feature films and a television show. I'm not even going to mention them. Don't even look them up. You'll never find them. <laughs> okay. Um, what I did need was money. And so I had equipment. I had drive. I had ambition. And so I started the production company. I kept going with that. And that's really where I kind of got into the whole marketing aspect, right? You, you do a film for some vendor or some client, and then they need more help. And so the answer was always yes. I was always driving. And I really got hands-on experience doing everything in there. Um, in the early 2000s, as I was on my own and in Chicago, it was kind of lonely um, working all the time, going from college where there's people around you all the time. And so I was looking for a job just to kind of get out of the house and be social. The, uh, the Home Depot was expanding huge at that time in Chicago. And so I walked around the corner, literally around the corner and walked in and said, I'd like to stock shelves. Um, so I got hired on the spot there and that actually accelerated really quickly too. They were growing so quickly. I learned a lot about merchandising. I got into corporate marketing through that and kind of got a feel. So not only was I doing things outside of that job for my own production company, um, I'm working in a corporate, one of the biggest in the world, right? And so those two uh, work really well together. Through that network, I ended up at Citigroup a few years after that. And I really liked Citigroup. I saw potential in there in the field I was at. Um, but at the time, um, they kind of shifted things around. I would work inside the different bank branches, and I was actually a victim of a bank robbery. Again, oh, a whole other story. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other story that we got. But in short, that kind of changed my career at that moment, right? I quit that day. I actually announced I was quitting to the bank robber himself and a variety of other people because it's it's stressful. Did you? I did. We're going to have to have a separate podcast just for this bank robbery story. 
Well, it, it's been covered by the media, but uh, it's a good story. It's probably more exciting than than marketing stuff that we all love. <laughs> but, um, I wouldn't recommend um, going through that. Right. But that's kind of how it led to me to Draper and Kramer. So I quit um, on a whim like that uh, in 2007, 2008, right, right near New Year's there. Um, looking back, it was the Great Recession. So that's why uh, it was suddenly difficult. All the jobs were, were going away. I thought it would be easy. And it was kind of very, very stressful. But fortunately, a friend of mine from college reached out somewhere in there and said, uh, hey, why don't you come talk to us? Um, I could use your help. Now, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know, wasn't in a hurry, but I went. He promised to buy me lunch. And so I went for the free lunch. Um, but in the conversation I had with, uh, this was through the residential mortgage division with them, uh, they didn't let me leave. They really liked um, the, the thoughts that I had. I came in, I said, I don't want to take a position. If, if you want me to build you a marketing department, I, I'm happy to do that. And, and the excitement of that really kept me going. And that's what we did. And so I, I worked on that for, for several years. And then um, at some point, about a decade later, corporate, Draper Kramer Corporate reached out and said, why don't you do what you're doing for all the corporate? And so that's when I took the seat there. And so residential mortgage, they're still their own division. They're almost their own business entity. So they've got a great team out there that handles that. So my focus now for corporate is really managing the marketing and brand for all of the portfolio holdings that we have with the multifamily properties. Um, I work with our development teams and a little bit now with commercial finance because rates are crazy. But the day in, day out focus of my job is really making sure we get residents to move into all of these properties that we own and manage. So... I know that during your time at Draper and Kramer, obviously sort of working your way up that corporate ladder, you've touched a lot of facets of the company. Um, but one of those things I know you and I have talked about has been resident retention through multifamily marketing. So I think on some level, it's more self-explanatory how marketing can play a role in lead generation or getting those resident acquisitions in the first place. But what happens after that? So what is your role when it comes to retaining those residents that you worked so hard to get in the first place? Yeah, marketing marketing is about results, mm -hmm. right? You can have all the degrees, you can have all of the certifications you want. When an investment firm or your own company, whoever is paying you to market, they really look at you is, can you generate business? Your ability to generate that business and get a return on the investment of the money that they're going to give you to spend on these ads and, and what have you, um, that's what really, really matters. And so when you look at resident retention, we do, um, in the marketing role, help out with communications, social media, and help foster that overall resident experience, especially by sharing the story. And as we know, I love sh sharing stories um, and developing that brand. Uh, so there's the two sides. What I'm getting at is the financial aspect of marketing. What am I doing with all this money you're giving me? And then the the softer side, which is that communications and experience part. The communication social part is is probably the most vital, especially nowadays. And I know we we've talked about the, the social media part of that. Basically, the residence that we hold. How do I put it? It's a lot cheaper to hold on to a resident than it is to have to give me more ad dollars to find someone to replace them. And so as a marketer, if I want to help my return on my investment, helping with that retention helps those financial numbers at the end, right? I don't have to place as much into advertising if I don't have to find as many people. Um, and we can talk about the communication and social strategy there. But before I do that, the, the financial aspect is really probably the most important part or the best tool that I've found in my time and tenure 
in my marketing career. And it's really being able to communicate to the other departments what it is I do, right? The marketing, when you outside of it, just seems like flashy stuff. It's the pretty pictures, it's flyers, it's, it's TV, it's uh, catchy jingles. But in reality, like I said, I need to be able to explain what I did with that. And, you know, we spent all this money on a jingle or, or an ad. What did I actually um, get out of that? So what I've, I've built over the years is, is dashboards, right? It's more about educating the other departments, especially the people who hold the purse strings. And so the dashboards that I've got right now really track the return at the bottom. I mean, we look at the funnel, we look at, or the flywheel, however you want to call it. We look at where everything's coming from, all of the visibility that we have, the, the pull through that it's getting, how many people are actually coming in through the door, working with our leasing teams, how many are we actually signing into leases. And then I can look at what all that costs, right? And what's important about that is I can track from start to finish where every single penny that was given to me, where it went and what it generated. And so that starts to give me the freedom to be able to expand that out. And then I make sure that I have the budgets to do all the important stuff like communications and storytelling and the things that actually drive the engine. Uh, so the short of this is the cheapest way is, is to retain the residents. Although it is fun to get prospects, um, Draper and Kramer were really about longevity and building those relationships. So it is important to keep them. Does that, did that answer it? <laughs> yeah, I think it did. But let's jump even more in there. So it seems like retaining residents is a really good way to get the best ROI possible when it comes to money given for marketing. And you talked a little bit about how there's some different sides, finance, communication. How does marketing strategy sort of do that? What does that look like? Yeah, so... Social media is more what I would call a decision engine, right? From, and this is from the prospect's perspective, or even a resident who's renewing and, and looking at the market. They go to the search engines, they go to listing services to find the actual product, the actual apartment or unit that they're looking for. Um, and what we've seen, especially over uh, the past few years, post-pandemic, is the shortlist that they make from those searches has gotten very, very short. Uh, our numbers showed prior to COVID, people would usually make a list of 10 apartments and then kind of narrow it down from there. When, when I was shopping for apartments in another era, right, there was no such real thing as the internet and mobile phones. You really just went to the newspaper, drove around, and you spent months and weekends and nights trying to figure out where to live. Now you can do that on a device. So post-pandemic, people are really down to about three, right? There's just so much information and so much data and so much to see on your device now. You don't need to get in the car, waste the gas and your time to figure it out. The problem is when you get it down to three, how do you really decide, especially when you've got three great properties to look at? That's where social comes in and becomes vital, right? It's that decision engine, like I said. It gives them a chance to look behind the curtain to really see what's local, what's authentic, what is really happening uh, at the property. And so you look at it from the perspective of two different narratives, right? The traditional brand narrative, that's me and a group of great people and talent, and we write up copy, we take beautiful photographs, we shoot wonderful videos, build expensive websites that are very powerful and robust and engaging. And all of that is great, and it helps sell the product. But one person, on a social media site has just as much power as us now, right? On that, that review, those comments, whatever they're doing. From a prospect perspective, they can see all of what I've written and they can go, wow, that's really great. This looks great. But if there is disparity between what I'm saying and what Joe, whoever is saying at the site, it's hard to, uh, 
to reconcile that, right? And so a prospect's going to go, ooh, they're, they're going to put us to the bottom of that list if they see that. So it's, it's, it's vital that we manage that process. We manage that, that narrative of, of residents and supporters and detractors, and we manage that story, right? It's, it's a completely challenging story. To go back to my nerdy past, right? It's almost <laughs> like Dungeons and Dragons, right? We've got a group storytelling now, right? And so I can only influence that, but I can't really control that narrative. And so the strategy in that is making sure we have the right platform and the right infrastructure to be able to work not only from a corporate setting so that we make sure the brand that we do want to portray and the, the, the vision that we have is headed, we're headed in that direction. But we also have to be able to engage locally the staff out there to make sure they're a part of this conversation because they know what's really going on. We have enough properties, enough units, enough residents that I can't sit and read every single comment and review day in, day out. And even if I could, I don't always know both sides of the story. So that's why it's important to engage them. And that also goes back to the dashboard that we talked about, because this costs money, right? We have to pay to have the social media platform. We've got to pay for advertising and all of that. So the purse string holders, the asset managers need to be a part of this as well, at least understanding why is it we're spending so much time and money on these fun toys like Facebook and, and Instagram, right? It's, it's, it's not a novelty anymore. It's not a hobby. It's not a pastime. This is actually a part of business. This is about brand management and that narrative. That's kind of the strategy, but we can go from there. So that strategy that you talked about in terms of, you know, somebody's looking for an apartment, they read one community has these great reviews, absolutely raving, love the property management here, love the grounds, et cetera. And another one says, you know, the opposite. I can see how that would influence a decision to choose a community when you're just starting to look. But how do these strategies that you're talking about, you know, social media, those channels, these dashboards, how do they also aid in retention and re-signing a lease? What does that look like? So what's amazing about the technology that we have today and the human experience is we have so many different ways to communicate with one another. Um, I look back at the, the 80s movies where I grew up, and there's always that one phone in the kitchen with the 800-foot cord, and there's always <laughs> somebody walking around. And that was pretty much it, right? You were either on that one phone, or you got on your bike, and you rode down the street, and that's how you would talk to people. Um, as advertisers, we could put stuff on television and, and newspaper. But now with the internet and devices and technology and apps, and there's so many different places for us to connect and communicate. And so a part of that resident experience is we have to be present where they're going to communicate within reason, right? There's so many channels. We can't be everywhere. We can't manage everywhere. We can try. But we need to pick a few that are popular or at least follow where those residents are and be there. Because if they're on their device on social media and they're going through their day and, and, and relaxing, talking with friends and family, and they have a thought or they have a need or they have a question, it's a lot easier for them to just ask that question in that device or that application and for us to be there and answer as opposed to having them find and come to us. Now, some people do prefer just to go to the website. Some people still, a lot of people still come into the office. They pick up the phone. Those are still there. But it's also about sharing that, right? We, we all love to go out and take pictures of what we're doing, capture our histories and share them with the world, right? All of our stories, everyone gets to have these exciting adventures now. And we have these platforms now that we can all individually share our own expressions. Uh, and it's, it's great, it's amazing, especially for somebody who loves to tell stories. I don't have to wait to find some big medium or be invested in to be able to get my message and story out there. There's platforms and for free, I can go out and share whatever I wanna share. 
And so what's exciting about that is we're a part of those stories, right? And so if we make that accessible and we support that, it becomes part of that community, right? We're a part of their story. They're a part of ours. And together you build that sense of community virtually now, right? It's not just about um, the, the events, you know, Wine Wednesdays or, or pool parties or whatever, whatever they're planning, right? Those also become a part of their lives and their stories. And so when they're sharing their fun adventures or whatever they're having with us, the world is seeing that we're a part of that. It's exciting. We're a positive experience for them. We're a positive brand that they're they're more than happy to associate with. And it creates that bond and that sense of community because we're there and we're present. That's the really only way to connect is to be present in that shape or form. It's kind of um, ethereal or or philosophical there, but that, that's this is why I have to have a dashboard with all of that money on there. Because when I start talking like that, they go, <laughs> Jim, what are you spending this money on? You're, you're out there wearing your Greek robes. And I'm going, no, no, this is real. This is humans. This is what we're doing right now. And we have to be a part of that. And we have to do it well. Yeah, absolutely. You have led us really well into the question that I wanted to ask next. I know you started talking about that 80s phone with a long cord and now everything's <laughs> virtual building a community there. I really want to jump into that with you even more and just ask you, so what's different now about all the ways that you have to manage not only social conversations, like you mentioned, but marketing in general, as opposed to what it was like when you first really got into this industry? You know, it's, it's changed just, I mean, in the past months. I mean, if we had this conversation a couple of months ago, it, it would be completely different. It's accelerating rapidly. Um, and it's exciting. As long as you're willing to embrace that and, and follow along with it, be a part of that. Just like I talked about social media. If you're willing to embrace this and be a part of it, it's exciting. If, if you're going, oh, I still like putting ads in the yellow pages. It's going to get scary. I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit, the dual narratives, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, we have our brand and this is our story and this is what we want. And we thought about every adjective in this paragraph. Please take it and then and live here with us. And social media then has their own narrative that we also have to manage. And we have to be a part of that, again, to make sure the stories are positive. And if they do have a negative experience, which we're all human, right? We're there to at least turn it into a positive and address that and watch those trends. What's great about social media is that it does feed back into that funnel. All of this conversation, this real local human authenticity that's online is visibility. It's putting it back all the way back in the top of the funnel. All of these conversations about people's real experiences become sort of an advertisement, right? It's back at the funnel. I track in that funnel. We look at our organic visibility of our websites. That's been going on since the 90s, right? We have a website. We want to know how many people found it. Where are they finding us from? And how many people are doing what and where are they going from there? We have our paid search, right? Because that's how search is right now, right? We want to fight for that placement. You type in what you're looking for. We want to make sure when whatever they're looking for that we're related to, apartments and where they are, we're going to be there and be an option, right? And social media is also right there now. Now we're feeding that funnel and our visibility opens even. So that's exciting. Talking about search, all of that stuff feeds into there. What I'm seeing right now that's changing is really exciting is this change in the way we search, right? Traditional search from the the birth of the internet, uh, back when I was in school, it was (laughs) all about serving links and serving websites, right? You type in your query and this internet thing, it it computes it, it it goes through everything and it feeds you a list of websites and suggestions that you should go to. And it categorizes them and, and sorts them by what's popular or what people who also search for that or what it thinks would answer your question. But you're still doing some research there, right? So if you type in apartments in Chicago, 
you're going to get a long list of pages and pages of websites and advertisements and listing services. All of this stuff to kind of go through gets overwhelming. What I'm seeing now with artificial intelligence is there's all these startups and, and um, the big guys like, like Google are looking at it going, well, that's kind of changing things. And so what I've been experimenting with and looking at is this new search, I'll call it. And I don't want to brand anything because it's not my field and I'm not an AI expert, but I'm a yeah. user. I'm an empower user. But I'm seeing this AI search, this new, I'll call it a human search, right? And so now when I type into this new way of searching, rather than getting a list of websites and having to do my research from there, and it kind of narrows down my list, I'm getting my answer. I'm getting uh, apartments in Chicago. It's giving me a little, my own pre-written almost blog post, right? Of here, here's about Chicago. Here's about apartments. Here are some places that are apartments. It, and you can have a conversation with some of these um, softwares and ask a follow-up questions. You can narrow it down. Well, I'm looking for two bedrooms. I have a dog. I want to be near the lake. On and on. And you, the conversation evolves and you're getting your answer in that platform as opposed to wandering off. And then you're done. And so as a marketer, that's horrifying, yeah. right? Well, I, I pay all this money for a website. I pay all this money for advertisements to get people to come to that website. And now this AI bot is just answering the question and they never even come see me. Or maybe they do. Maybe I'm a part of that conversation. And there's the rub, right? I need to be a part of that conversation. So how do I become a part of that conversation? And that's what's exciting right now is as we're learning how to prompt and work with artificial intelligence, especially when it comes to search, it, it becomes more human. Right. So what I'm seeing, and I'm, I'm, again, getting on my Greek robes and standing at the peak and looking over the mountain and preaching, <laughs> whatever. I don't know where I'm going here. But <laughs> even with advertising and paid search, when you really roll up your sleeves and get in there, I'm seeing less reliance on keywords, that traditional base of marketing. We, what keywords are you using? I'm seeing less reliance on links. I'm seeing less reliance on all of that old one and zero data digital stuff and more about here, Mr. AI, here, Mr. Machine Learning. I have an apartment. Here's the address. Here's the amenities. Here's everything that people ask about it. Here's what people need to know. You put it there and then it, it's taking care of that for me, right? It's writing its own narrative. We've already seen this kind of in paid search with dynamic ads where it's writing ads for you. So and I, I have a side story there of, of one of our, our people that I work with calling me and saying, Jim, I just searched for one of our apartments. And the first thing that came up was the apartment. And it said, has a washer and dryer. Why are you leading with that? I, washer and dryers are great. Having them in unit is great, but there's a lot more things ahead of that list that should be listed there, right? And I, I went, well, are you in the market for a washer and dryer? And his response was, yeah, yeah, I am. And I said, well, that's why it's telling you about washers and dryers. It knows that you're looking for an apartment because you just look for one. It knows that you like washers and dryers because you're shopping for one. It just wrote you an ad putting those two things together. Now, that was a couple of years ago. Where we're headed is pretty amazing how, how human the responses can get. If you've worked with some of the AIs, especially the generative AIs and the language models, it is like talking to a human. I still introduce myself. I say, hey, good morning. How you doing? And I say goodbye and thank you because who knows? So that's kind of where I see what's going in the project behind that really to me is like FAQs, right? What are the frequently asked questions that humans want to know about our properties? And are those being answered digitally? Are they on our website? Are they in all of our placements? So that the AI, as it reads, it knows. It doesn't know that we're pet friendly because it should. It needs to know that we're pet friendly because in the future, somebody's going to ask, I have a dog and I'm looking for an apartment. It, the AI needs to know that we, we are good and on and on. So that's really now working again with those humans on site. All of us humans are getting together going, well, what do people need to know? What do they want to talk about to make sure that we're a part of all those conversations? 
Absolutely. It's funny. I do the same thing when working with some of these AI bots that I think you're referencing the same. Good morning. Would you mind just maybe doing a little research into this, please? And thank you, just because you don't know where it's going, right? Well, we've all seen the movies, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just preparing to be on the good side. I mean, it's interesting, too, because, you know, I also wonder... I'm still hesitant to invest fully in it, right? I'm trying it out and I'm making sure that I'm keeping with that cutting edge. But you you also read and and, and hear, is it a fad, right? If you remember HD when that came out, right? You had Mm -hmm. had your CDs and then you had HD movies, right? Oh my gosh, these are so crisp. And then everything became HD, right? You get your coffee in HD. You can get your laundry done in HD. And it was kind (laughs) of a joke. And I'm starting to see that now in some marketing where it's like, hey, this has got AI. And I'm going, that's not AI. But... At the end of the day, it's going to work itself out and we'll see where it, where it goes. But I do think that's important. It's just something to em- embrace and understand. But the exciting part is it's making everything more human. And that's kind of where social media kind of led that, right? Marketing really got, especially in the 90s with, with all the digital stuff, it became ones and zeros and links. And, and write your copy, but don't write your copy for someone to read it. Write it with as many keywords as possible in that paragraph so that we get picked up, right? And then a human reads that going, what am I reading? It's nine paragraphs of, you know, with the word Chicago in it 15 times. <laughs> we don't have to do that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. It, it understands. And that's how intelligent it's becoming. And that's how intelligent marketing becomes. And I'm excited for that human aspect of it. We can focus now more on the storytelling of it and the brand management and the experience manage of that, as opposed to having to figure out which specific keywords and, and do we spell it right or wrong? Because people always spell that word wrong. Should we spell it wrong too? And you mentioned earlier, you know, should you and I have been sitting down a couple months ago, things would have been different. And it's hard to predict where things are going to be in a couple months. But what more general trends just in the digital sphere do you anticipate happening soon with, you know, relevance to marketing? Where do you see all this going in the next couple of years? What are you looking forward to? I mean, when I, when I really get on the, the philosophical robes, I'm going, are we going to need a website in five years? Are we going to, are we going to need any kind of placement there? Are we just going to be on that, that platform and just let it know, here's what we need, right? Because if people don't need to come and look at our pictures anymore because they're being fed to them, then all we need is the photography and the basics of it, and it goes to them there. I, I still think websites are going to be valuable for a long time because right now that's where AI is getting its information from, and people still like that, right? You still like to go to that property website and feel a part of it. Because you're going to go there to interact when you're living there too, right? You're going to go pay your bills there. You're going to go put in your, your maintenance tickets there. One of the fads that I thought was interesting going back a, a few months, you know, for this year, I had budgeted in this new, it was supposed to be a new photography service, right? They come out and they'll photograph your properties from different angles and different ways so that AI would be able to look at the picture and know without being prompted what it is you're selling, right? And the example I saw was a dentist office, right? It was based on the angles and who was in the picture and the the poses all these people had, the AI would either know it was a dentist or it wasn't. And so I'm like, well, we're going to have to do that, right? Because AI is doing that. And then within months, it was already irrelevant because AI already has exceeded that and doesn't even need that, right? So I think when I look over for the rest of the year, what our focus is and when I look further down the road, and again, this stuff goes so quickly and we adopted so fast, especially post-pandemic, right? Pre-pandemic, some of this digital stuff, we would have never gotten investment in right away, right? Because it was like, well, why do we need that? But because we had to spend that time locked down and everything needed to be on these devices to be safe, um, we got funding faster than we should have and adoption accelerated. I think we went really far. And now I'm really excited about getting back to the human part 
One of the big projects we have right now internally is building a, I'll call it a social media group or a social media council internally. And so now uh, I've got one person at every property that's on site that's kind of going to become the power user if they aren't already, right? They will know the channel inside and out. They will know the trends. They will know the word clouds and everything that people are talking about so that I can reach out to them and find out what's going on and how I can aid from a central marketing chair. But also they're now engaged and they know how to best interact on all of these channels to help manage that narrative, right? And we can manage it quickly and efficiently, right? So when somebody has an issue and some people are very comfortable coming into the office and talking to the manager, I'm not happy or I am happy, right? Some people want to do the phone and email, but a lot of people go right to that review. They go right to the commentary on some random Facebook ad. And so we have to be able to be there and find that answer, get the story and who knows better than the people on the ground. And so it's exciting because what I'm seeing is what really sells in marketing now is authenticity mm-hmm. and that local feel, right? If I'm using stock photos, the glitz and the glamour just isn't real enough, right? We want to know, I'm, gonna, I'm investing a lot of money and my life, I'm going to move into your building. I want to know what's real. Before I even waste my time driving over there and talking to somebody, I want to know what's real. And so we are spending a lot of time on that user experience from the moment of inspiration. I need to move, right? I need, I need an apartment. I want to make sure I'm found as long as they're within the markets that we operate, right? But when we're found, I want them to immediately be immersed in that brand and that experience and the authenticity of that, right? You're seeing the photographs. You're seeing the descriptions. Those need to match all along the way. You wander off into social media. Well, the pictures look the same. That pool is the same pool that I'm seeing in the, in the fancy photos. Hey, the guy that's in that photo is the same guy that I'm meeting for my leasing tour. All of these things are comforting. They're not detracting and they're adding that experience and it helps close applications. It helps bring people in. And then as we talked about at the beginning, it helps retain because having that whole experience is just comforting, right? That's why that's why some of the fast food joints that, that were exploded back, you know, I want to say 50 years ago, it was probably close to 70 years ago. Gosh, time flies. But we like that comfort food, right? We like to be able to be on the road and, hey, I know what that food's going to taste like. I know what's going to fill me. And that, that marketing is getting back to that. It's less ones and zeros and keywords and links. And it's back to how can we just make you happy? What do you need? You need a home. You want to feel comfortable and safe. And that's what we're getting back to. And we can market that and tell that story. I love that. That full circle, bring it back to authenticity. It's really nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today to talk about yourself, to talk about AI and marketing. And we'll meet again to talk about the bank sometime. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> thank you. And to all of our listeners, before we head out today, Multi-Housing News wants to invite you to join the MHN Executive Council. Each month, leading multifamily experts weigh in on different informative and trending topics, and we would love to have your insights featured. To join, please go ahead and send an email to J-E-S-S-I-C-A dot F-I-U-R at C-P-E hyphen M-H-N dot com. Thank you for tuning in this month with me for Top Marketers. I'm looking forward to seeing you again soon.